everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of Magically Cruising, the cruise podcast where we share our personal cruise tips and reviews to help you make the most out of your next sailing. My name's Kieran, I'm an independent travel agent specialising in all things cruise, Disney and North America, and I'm joined by my fellow co-host. Hi, I'm Sarah, and I write over at Cruising for All, Cruising with Kids and Mini Travellers. And today, this is going to be our episode, kind of wrapping up the year ultimately, but also looking ahead to 2024. So if you listen to this episode when it was launched, this episode went out the last week of the year. And what we decided to do today is have a bit of a conversation about what we're looking forward to in 2024. So we've kind of broken it up into two different sections. It's going to be new cruise ships coming online. Um, so new ships that we're looking forward to that are launching in 2024. But then also as well, just looking ahead to our travel journeys for 2024 and the things that we're going to be getting up to personally as well. So... Sarah, do you want to start off and maybe talk a little bit about what you're looking forward to in 2024? Hmm. So, <laughs> sorry. Put you on the spot there. Away, then. <laughs> yeah, because I'd, I'd had my uh, sheet moved and it was, um, well, obviously the, the first <laughs> yeah. thing that I'm looking forward to is uh, Icon and Utopia of the Seas because I just think they look really yes. exciting. I know they're big, I know they're massive. But um, I love some of the new features that, that are on board. Um, I mean, I've got the food truck behind me. I'm dying to see the immersive dining experience. I just think when every time Royal Caribbean come out with a new thing, so obviously with Icon class, a new class, they do something, in, I can't even say it, innovative. innovative. So I'm just excited to see what's next. And, and obviously we know on paper what, what the ships are going to be like, but what are they actually going to be like? You know, are they going to carry on channeling people as well as they always do because these ships are bigger? Can they do that on these ships? I think they probably can because yeah. they've never let us down yet. But yeah, that's what I'm interested to see. Yeah, she's currently on her way, isn't she? So she's left kind of um, the shipyard that she's currently been built in. And she's making that slow journey down south to kind of, I think she's currently in Spain off the top of my head. Um, so she's kind of down there now. I don't know what she's down there for. I'm guessing supplies and fueling up and things like that then as she makes her transatlantic crossing then as well um, across to kind of uh, Miami where she's going to be based then sailing from next year onwards. And it's really, really exciting now, I think. We've kind of seen her as a shell, haven't we, for the last year. And Royal have been doing that kind of tease thing where they're showing us new bits and pieces. But to kind of see ultimately a complete ship now with all the lights moving and kind of having the aqua dome as well, seeing kind of clips of that and how that's going to work. I think it's really exciting now to see that she's actually a finished product. She's a ship that's sailing now. And yeah, granted, nobody yeah. on board her yet, um, but she's an actual finished ship now. So they're just obviously finishing off the detailing and getting her ready for those first lucky people who are going to be sailing on her. But for me, the weird thing I'm really looking forward to and the thing that I really love about Royal Ships is the small details, kind of all the artwork they install and all yeah. the installations mm-hmm. and things like that, because... That's that visual feast for the eyes type of thing. It's all great having, you know, a water park and this and the other. That's all great. I love that stuff. But I love when you're just walking around the ship, going from kind of venue to venue, and you just see these beautiful art installations or beautiful kind of um, window dressing and all that type of stuff. I can't wait to kind of start looking at some of the first vlogs that come out and seeing all that detail of the ship. Yeah. I mean, part of me is just because obviously I'm having an old ship year. Um, And part of me... He's annoyed at myself for doing that, but then I'm looking forward to the cruises I've got booked. But yeah, they're, they're exciting. But then also, Sun Princess, I think that's yes. mega exciting. Yeah, yeah. Well, equally again as well, she's in the final stretches as well. So we've just had some pictures now as yeah. well of kind of their aqua dome as well, or their dome they have on the top, um, and just mm. kind of all that space as well. So it's really nice as well just to kind of see that ship come together as well. And I think Princess are being a bit more quieter than Royal about what features are inside. So I think yeah. there's still a lot more information to come about some of the venues and spaces yeah. and how they're going to look and feel as well. 
And I think it's going to be really exciting to see kind of where that class of ship, the Sphere class, takes princesses and brands moving forward mm-hmm. as well. I, I'm really excited to see what they're going to be bringing as well. Yeah, and the fact that, I mean, obviously they've always had suites and on princess, but, but they've never had that upscale ship within a ship. Yeah. So I think that is yeah. going to be ground. I, I think that's groundbreaking because, and all right, not for the cruise industry, but for Princess because they've, they've not done that before. Yeah. And I think people that travel in suites want that more and more now. I think you, because they're big ships, you want the smaller. And obviously it's taken away from the small luxury brands, but not everybody wants the small ship with the small ship vibe, do they? Some people want everything that's going on. So I think Princess will do that really well. And I think we're going to probably have to do an episode on that as well in the future because I know you've written an article about it, but that debate about whether mm. you go for small ship luxury or whether you go for kind of large mainstream crews in a suite class, yep. I think that's a really interesting topic as well. And like you say, it'll be interesting to see how Princess do their take on that ship within a ship concept and whether it's yeah. successful as well. Everything I've seen so far I think is really great. And I don't think that jump in price but kind of that mid-tier anyway, when you start going from kind of the main part of the ship in balcony class to the entry-level suite level, I don't think personally looking at that jump is that big. So I actually think it's a lot more Mm. approachable for a lot more kind of uh, mainstream customers anyway to kind of have that first experience of suite level um, onboard princess in their kind of entry-level suite class as well. So I think it'll be interesting to see how that works out and how people respond to it. Yeah, I'd definitely book that. And again, that was one that I saw a really good deal a couple of months ago, but I've already got a few books. So... (laughs) But I'm excited about <laughs> what I've got. Yeah, I just want to do it all yeah. as you do. You just you can't do it all, can you? That's the thing. But um, no, I think they're. I think for me, they're the most exciting things for next year. Yeah. But then, obviously, we've got one of your favourite cruise lines, or two of your favourite cruise lines. Yeah. So launching weirdly as well, and this is one that everyone's always surprised that I say how much love I have for Cunard because if you think of like my my favourite cruise line, Virgin Voyages, it's the total opposite of what Cunard offered type of thing. That timeless yeah. cruise experience, but. We did a, um, a cruise with Cunard for four nights, uh, five nights, sorry, and I absolutely loved it. Like the dress codes, I, you know, could love or take type of thing, but I lived with it and I, it didn't bother me as much as I thought it would because it's not as formal as people think. You don't have to wear a suit every night if you don't want to. You just got to wear a collared top yeah. type of thing. So I could live with that on a cruise. That didn't bother me too much. But the sheer level of the service on board, that kind of white star service that they're so proud of and that they exemplify, yeah. blew me away. The food quality on board was incredible. And just that... Yeah timeless beautiful way of cruising absolutely fell in love with it on board our, our experience on board um queen queen and um, victoria but queen anne is coming out as well now so the next ship in them the the cunard fleet as well and you still got that really timeless thing that kind of cunard are famous for and known for but i think because she's a new build ship as well and she's kind of being built with modern features she's going to have things that appeal to someone like me as more of a kind of mainstream cruise customer as well and we're talking really basic things like usb chargers by the bedside um, really small details like that, but that matter to the modern cruise customer as well. So you're not kind of having to give up on those little small amenities that some of the maybe more modern ships have, but you can still get that beautiful, timeless, classic experience that you have when you sell with a Kuna product as well. So I think I'm really, really excited by Queen and I think she's going to be, you know, a bit of a game changer for Cunard in a way of kind of just re- modernizing the ships a little bit in regards to kind of small amenities and features, but you're still going to have that amazing, timeless Cunard cruise experience as well. So I think she's going to be one to watch and I'm really excited to kind of see her finish and when she's going to be out sailing as well. So is that a retractable roof mm-hmm. on that picture behind you? Yep. So at the moment, this because- is the pool deck on, if you're watching on YouTube anyway, this is the pool deck on board Queen Anne as well. So she does have a retractable roof. Yes. Because we've done a transatlantic on Queen Mary, yeah. and I mean the boys were really young, and we loved it. It was just, I mean, it 
it was probably the best bargain cruise I've ever had in the whole yeah. life. It was so, it was just, we got the boys for a pound, including really? flights. It was wow. just bonkers. Yeah. And had a couple of nights in New York. It was amazing. And we definitely could, we'd definitely do that again. Um, but obviously you can't, on, well, that, this is a whole other podcast, but the transatlantic goes the north route rather than the southern route. So you can't even go out on deck. It's windy. There's no point getting the window because you can't see out of it. Um, so, but the pool was rubbish because for the sunny days you had, it's a time that it will touch, pull out the virgin or yeah. something like that. It was just pathetic. And because you don't need it because you're going across the northern route. But if you've got a, that with the cover, that'd be amazing yeah. on a transatlantic. The Queen Mary 2 is obviously the ocean liner type of thing. So I think she's the only ocean liner still in service. So she's built for cutting through the Atlantic Ocean. So you don't feel well, kind of those waves as much because obviously the, the Atlantic can be a bit choppy. Um, so she's built more for cutting through it rather than kind of having modern I mean, And this is what I was saying about kind no. of Queen Anne and the fact that she offers those kind of more modern um, amenities on board. Yeah. Um, but she's not necessarily going to be built purposely for the transatlantic type of thing. She's been built as an all-round cruise ship type of thing. So I've just had to pull up her itinerary because I don't know them all off the top of my head. But she's doing a mixture of things like, obviously, the Southampton sailings across the northern tip of Europe. So you've got those short four or five night sailings as well. But then she's obviously going to be going off to the Norwegian Fjord. She's going down to kind of the Mediterranean. Um, I'm guessing she's not got any on her schedule at the moment. There is a transatlantic on there in 2025. And then she's doing, ah, there we go. So 2025 onwards, then she's going to be doing things like her maiden world voyage. So there is 112 days round world maiden voyage in 2025 on board. So she's going to go to San Francisco, Sydney, down to Australia, um, Hong Kong, Singapore. So in 2025, she will be doing that. Um, but it looks like for 2024, she's mainly staying in kind of in Europe, ultimately, and doing kind of a mixture of the Med and some of the northern European ports as well. And it's, it's not all out of Southampton. Is there some out of the Med? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a nice mix of, of ports. I think oh, Southampton good. primarily in her early season. Um, but she's going to be sailing as well from kind of um, Rome, um, by the looks of it, um, Hamburg. There's a couple of departures from Hamburg. Because obviously what they do is when she's doing her expiration season, so she's kind of doing open jaws you can then join a different port if you want to but year one definitely there's a lot right. more southampton departures year two is when you start getting into more world departures then shame isn't it that there's not a transatlantic for that route with a pole yeah. because you, it's a lot i mean seven days at sea is a long time and well she's doing one as part of a world trip basically a world tour so if you wanted to do it on queen anne at least anyway and i don't know the full itinerary i need to do a proper deep dive into it. i've only looked at bits and pieces um, but she's doing then, Hamburg to New York in... Oh, right. Okay. So this part of the world tour, basically, she can either get on in Hamburg and do 11 days one way from Hamburg to New York, or you've got Southampton to New York as well. This is January the 9th, 2025. Um, so if you wanted to do kind of um, the transatlantic crossing for nine days, I'm guessing she's going to be going to other places to have night. Nope. She is doing a strict crossing on that. No port days. So um, nine... So eight nine days basically um leaving southampton and heading to new york as well then so you could do that on queen anne but it's january oh, 2025 well that's good so there is that option yeah just to use the pole <laughs> i think it's great though and like you know she's she's doing the norwegian fjords as Go well on. though so if you think about it like to do the norwegian fjords and all that type of stuff as well that would be a beautiful sailing so october mm. 2024 she's doing it from southampton yeah. 12 night round trip doing um norwegian fjords and the, um, the northern lights as well so that would be incredible like you say to have that and to be able to have that indoor pool area as well that would be lovely and when's that that when's is that? uh checks notes uh 15th of october 2024 she's departing doing that one. Oh, i'm busy that i say week. you're you're currently already booked on that oh no yeah 
Yeah. <laughs> yes. Because obviously we missed our Northern Lights experience. Yeah. So. It's on my bucket list to do sooner rather than later, I think. Norwegian Fjords is one of the few regions we've not done yet. So I think whether it's going to be with like P&O maybe or Cunards, one of those lines maybe Princess, definitely on my bucket list to do soon. Well, if you see anything good that comes up that does stop to Iceland, because I'm the, if I see Northern Lights and go to Iceland now, it'll be on a, sh- a cruise. I won't mm. risk booking flights there again, I don't think, after the last yeah, time. Yeah. Just for, for the, um, because we were booked on last weekend, a volcano was going off. So it didn't go off, but we decided not to go, didn't we? Because yeah. who wants to be there when a volcano goes off? Not an everyday volcano, but a big one. So I'd like to do it, but... Um, and I think that's the good thing about cruising is if you're on a ship, the captain won't go near, will he? Absolutely. So you've just got that safety net. Yeah. So that's if the, I do Iceland, that's the one to do it. Definitely by cruise, I think it's great, as you say, because if there is an issue in the local area, whether it's geographic or whether it's kind of weather or whether it's political, the ship can change its itinerary, which is why cruise is such a lovely way to travel because, yeah, if there's an issue, your ship just goes somewhere else. So Right. So the next one, which is one that not a cruise line we cruise on, but as you know, I don't want to risk booking but i'm curious yeah. um it's disney treasure which is ridiculous because you know that i'm a disney fan yeah. but i don't i'm not sure about doing the disney cruise but just because i've seen the uh new bar that they've got on which just looks so exciting yeah. so i don't that's that's all i know about the new bar so what else is on the new disney treasure so disney treasure is the second in the triton class of ships for disney cruise line so they've ordered three this is the second one the first one was the disney wish so she is the Disney treasure is the sister ship of the wish, but what's unique. So when they built kind of the wonder and the magic, they were pretty much identical. They, there was not many changes. There's a couple of restaurant changes. What they're doing, however, with this class of ship is they're going for really radical changes in design and kind of um, decor things. So the wish has a very much like princess theme to it type of thing. It's got very much a Royal court. The atrium is a very Royal um, regal Cinderella themed kind of grand atrium. Whereas on the treasure, it's very different. The whole theming of this ship is about exploration, and adventure and that type of concept so kind of as you walk into the main lobby rather than having the grand princess cinderella ballroom you've got kind of like a more tropical adventure theme that's themed to kind of aladdin and it's a very different feel and look compared to kind of the wish or sister ship but then equally for these venues as well so whereas on kind of um, the wish you've got the tiana themed cocktail lounge this ship has a Jungle Cruise-themed cocktail lounge on board type of thing. So it's taking a lot of inspiration from kind of the Disney theme parks. And for me, as a Disney theme park nut, this ship is phenomenal. All my favorite themes in one place. So you've got kind of the Jungle Cruise skipper. Um, I forgot the, the, the official name, but there's like a Jungle Cruise skipper-themed lounge in there. You've got the Periscope Club, which is themed after um, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea as well. So there's another lounge themed under that, which looks phenomenal but then as you mentioned then as well the highlight and i already i get goosebumps thinking of this but then the haunted mansion themed and this is adult only cocktail bar on board as well i know this place is going to be incredible knowing how well disney do kind of all those little magical touches and putting in special effects behind things and special spins on cocktails honestly i would i think it's worth the money alone just to be able to sit in that lounge and have kind of cocktails with all the haunted mansion gags and magic tricks around type of thing it just it gets me so excited thinking about it type of thing. Because I've, I've wrote a press article on this just because I was so intrigued by it all. And they've, they've got, haven't they, characters from the thing. So you could have Haunted Barman, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, and like the cocktails have got eyes in them. And they're, the themed cocktails yeah. are incredible. It just, I mean, as you know, I've always been like, oh, I'd love to go, but I don't, uh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But this, 
for me is more the theming that I would like rather than I'm not a princess kind of girl, um, but I love all this theming yeah. and it just all looks it looks really exciting. Well, and that was the unique like I love the I love Disney Cruise Line. It is definitely up there as one of my favorite cruise lines. Obviously, the value of it is very much a personal choice because obviously, what people think is worth the money is a very personal question. You could have the same cruise on another cruise line and pay less, definitely. But the mm-hmm. Disney magic, the Disney extras. You know, they go a long way type of thing. So that's a, only a question that only you can ask is, is it worth the money? Um, but there's no fault in, you'll have an incredible time. But as you say, yeah, the wish, as lovely as she is, the itineraries have never appealed to me. So to do those three, four night sailings, go into um, Castaway Key, which is incredible, but then to Massau, I've never seen that as being interesting. I wouldn't pay that type of money to do that mm. personally. I would do that with another cruise line that would be cheaper to do that similar route. However, to do then a full seven night sailing, and I did say this all along, if the wish did seven nights, I'd probably be more inclined to book up. But the treasury is going to be doing seven nights East and West Caribbean sailings then as well from um, from Port Canaveral. Um, so she's going to be obviously right. about a 40, 40 minute drive away from kind of Walt Disney World. So perfect as well if you want to do a week land, a week sea type of option. Um, really great to kind of back to back that together. Um, and to do those kind of bread and butter then East and West Caribbean routes as well. They're classics for a reason. To do that on a longer voyage where you're going to have more time on board that ship then to really enjoy all these different lounges, all these different spaces. You know, you've got the Marvel Dining Hall as well on board. So you're going to have well, the... Um, in- uh, no, Coco, sorry, I think it is. Um, yeah, so one of the restaurants, so on The Wish, this restaurant is themed to Frozen and it's Arendelle and it's a bit of a musical theatre show as well. So as you're dying and the characters yeah. come out and they kind of sing songs and everything, their version on board The Treasure is going to be themed to Coco as well. So again, you're going to have kind of all that fun Mexican vibe and atmosphere and music play in. Wow. You're going to have the Marvel um, restaurant as well. But from my understanding, it's a different story. So on The Wish, you're going right. to have kind of Ant-Man. Um, and you've got a story about kind oh. of Ant-Man and how he does um, shrink stuff to kind of save and protect the ship. Whereas I believe, and don't quote me on this, but I believe the story is different. So it's going to be different Marvel superheroes than on the treasure. You're going to have all that as well. But then you've got the elevated fine dining, adult only dining on board as well. It just seems like me, as you say that, they've hit it out of the park with everything I love about Disney on that one ship. Yeah. See, I love Ant-Man. It is in my top Marvel films, but oh my God, how amazing would it be if it was Guardians of the Galaxy? <laughs> and I don't think they'd be you know, Yeah, what it's going to be. I think, let me double check that I'm right on that. But I'm, yeah, like, that'd be amazing, wouldn't it? That's one of the rides I'm most important, most excited about going in next April really? is the Guardians of the Galaxy. Cosmic Rewind. It's Tower of Terror. No, yeah. Cosmic Rewind in Epcot is um, the Guardians roller coaster. So yeah. Oh, that's it. Yeah. yeah. So what, what have they done with. Uh, Tower of Terror, they not change that. So that's in California. So if you go to Disneyland California, oh, right, they've okay. changed Tower of Terror to be Mission Breakouts, which is Guardians of the Galaxy themed. Right. Okay. So I don't need to do right. Yeah. Hollywood Studios, Epcot. their Tower of Terror in Hollywood Studios in Florida is still the same as it always has been. Still the same. Right. Okay. Yeah. For those people listening, my Disney knowledge is just as crazy as my cruise knowledge. <laughs> I, I know more than is healthy as well about Disney parks. I can't wait. I just can't wait. What we're looking for now? And just oh, double checking now if it is definitely I'm I'm right on that. Wouldn't it be good if it was? It'd be amazing yeah. if Rocket was uh, somehow and grew. It would be brilliant. I think who I would like. Like I love all the Marvel superheroes, so I think I'd be happy yeah. with all of them. I don't have any one favorite. Like the Guardians Galaxies, yeah, they're definitely up there. But I like kind of Captain Marvel. I like Ms. Marvel as well. So currently, in spoilers if you haven't seen what? it, but the current show, even though it's based on Ant-Man, they are joined by Captain Marvel and by Ms. Marvel as well. And I've seen like clips of what happens on the show. And I really right. love that as well because I think Kamala Khan and Ms. Marvel is just an incredible um, kind of Marvel superhero. So I love the fact they've got some new yeah. heroes in there as well. 
Um, but yeah, it'd be interesting to see kind of if they bring out maybe Black Panther and things like that. That'd be quite cool. I, mean, I love Black Panther. <laughs> really love Black Panther. Yeah, oh, I love all of them. And One Division. That's uh, mm, they could do that. Mm, they could do like One That would be cool, wouldn't it? <laughs> would it be cool though, if maybe Christmas like during 15. each course it changed era? So kind of it starts off and it's all very like fifties, yeah, and then well, it kind yeah. of goes to the seventies, and then into yeah. the noughties. That would be quite funny actually if each course was a different era in One Division. We, we could. I think we should be Imagineers. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine if you missed the Disney. Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, what blog? <laughs> I'm off. <laughs> Sorry, you decided for Disney. <laughs> God, wouldn't that be the dream? Uh, right, so the next ship, um, your favourite cruise line, one of your other favourite cruise lines. Have they got a ship out this year, Virgin? Oh, well, the sore subject, but uh, yes, maybe no. <laughs> we don't know what's happening with it. So, All right. um, Virgin Voyages have four ships on order, and they do have Brilliant Lady that was originally due to start sailing winter now, basically. Unfortunately, she's been delayed. We don't know until when. Chances are she is delayed until 2024, but officially there is no sale date yet for Brilliant Lady. So she's finished, structured, right. structure-wise. Okay. Um, she just needs to have kind of her decor and furniture and art and all that type of stuff installed. So um, I don't know the official reason as to why. They've said it's down to supply chain issues with getting stuff delivered, which has affected a lot of cruise lines, but this is a big delay. Um, mm. So yeah, at the moment, it's... She hasn't been de- delayed indefinitely. Other people have said she's been delayed and she's not coming. She did, they just don't have a release date or launch date for her yet. So it could be 2024. It could be 2025 at the moment. We don't know. Right. So we've also got Carnival Friends. Now, I know nothing about Carnival Cruise Line, really. We have bits, but mm. it's of no big burning desire no. to book it. Um, but then I know people that absolutely love it. Oh, absolutely, it's... yeah. It's more American than it is British, I think. So we don't get much exposure to it in in the UK. Carnival yeah, well, as a brand is a bit of an under an underground thing. They are working on improving that relationship, and they are sending more ships. So over the next, I think, five years, more ships are coming across to you to Europe, and the more ships are sailing from the UK as well to kind of improve the Carnival kind of um, portfolio product here in the UK, at least anyway. But I think if you're an American listener. Oh, you obviously know about Carnival. I think, you know, Carnival is <clears throat> probably the equivalent of P&O in regards to kind of how popular they are in America for that demographic right. type of thing. Yeah. They're very much kind of a four-star cruise line. They've got some great value prices. They're very much known for their fun party atmosphere. It's very much kind of accessible cruising. Um, <clears throat> but what they've done is they've introduced a sub-product called Carnival or Costa by Carnival. So what's happening is like Carnival yeah. Forense is a, is a former Costa ship. That's going in under the Carnival brand. So it's got all the Carnival entertainment that it's known for, but it's actually a Costa ship. So it has a more Italian feel. um, And she's going to be sailing from kind of, I I think she's that the one that's doing the New York sailings from my memory. Oh, I don't know. Let's have a look. Yeah, Long Beach, which is New York, isn't it? How do I remember all this stuff? I would do that, actually. I'd Mm. I'd try that. I'd be... Oh, no, it's Long Beach, Los Angeles. Sorry. But the thing is... It's like with NCL. You've got to go to America to get a good NCL cruise because yeah. when you look at what's sailing out of the UK, I'm not inspired by no. those ships. Yeah, yeah. You've got to get the good ships. You've got to go to America, haven't you? And yeah, and uh, it's probably it was well for us this year. It was worth the journey because if I'd have sailed on Jade here, I wouldn't have been as excited as that. As absolutely, as yeah. We really loved Encore, so, Encore. So yeah, so that's that for me is. It's a bit of a double-edged sword with kind of the cruise lines and what they send to the UK. You've got some cruise lines who will send their kind of flagships or they'll send their kind of headliners. So Celebrity, for example, is sending over Ascent. We've got Beyond. Um, we've had we've got Apex sailing from the UK. So they're always very keen to kind of get the newest product in Europe. And I think it's because obviously the type of clients from America who would want to sail in Europe will want that type of product. 
Then you've got yeah. the other side where you've got other brands like Carnival who will send an old small ship. Like I think, I, I don't know which ship it is, but we've got a Carnival ship sailing from the UK and she is a really old ship that's been sailing for a long time. Yeah, sorry. Oh, not me. And I'd want to go on the new one. It's very funny, you know, how come some brands do that? They don't send kind of a headliner over. They send kind of a ship that maybe the Americans are bored of sailing mm-hmm. and they're sending her over to the UK to hope that maybe the yeah. UK market... Disney, a prime example, Disney, they only had four ships at the time, but they sent the Magic over to Europe. So it was always the Magic that was sailing from Europe and she was the oldest ship in the fleet. Now, obviously, they've got newer ships. They've sent the Dream over, but she is the oldest of the Dream class. She is the original Dream class ship. So oh. they're sending over an older ship and keeping the newer ships then in America. So the wish the treasure and uh, triton's um, ship seven sailing from america that's their bread and butter core audience i think it just depends on who the core audience for that ship is um i think yeah. you know if you're looking at like ncl who are predominantly american americans will happily go on a brand and product they know and love but they will happily accept a smaller an older ship in a region maybe that they don't sail very frequently right. so i think that's the, the, yeah. the logic behind it type of thing so you would more likely right. book an older ship in a new region whereas if you're going to be sailing on your bread and butter doorstep, as in the uh, the Caribbean for a lot of American cruisers, they're going to want the newest ship on their doorstep to try mm. something new. Yeah, which makes sense, I suppose. Mm. But, I mean, there's so much that next year, isn't there? Because then we've got Explorer 2 um, from Explorer Journeys, which I know they probably won't like me saying this, but it's MSC, isn't it? But it's a swanky <laughs> version. Well, do they have the MSC logo on the front of the ship? It I looks don't think- lovely. <laughs> it looks beautiful. But I think just because MSC is so far from my radar, yeah. obviously I'm going on this year, um, mm. but they're a million miles from my radar, apart from obviously just the stuff that I've seen on World Europa yeah. has intrigued me. I'd like to go in there at Speakeasy Bar. And as I said, Donna, my business partner on cruising with kids, loves MSC. I think because I've just never been on it, I've just uh, I'm a bit may about it. Yeah. I'm just like, mm. but the Explorer ships look stunning. They look That's thing. So Explorer is their six star line ultimately. So it's their small yacht style right. ship, and it's six star. So it's very much kind of if you've sailed yacht club on board MSC, then you're more likely to be an Explorer customer. So I think they're just looking now to fulfill that kind right. of ultra lux category as well. I've heard wonderful things about Explorer and being backed by MSC, their growth and their acceleration of ships is aggressive. I think they've got a ship every year right. over the next couple of years type of thing. So you've got Explorer 2, Explorer 3, 4 on the roadmap, I think, and they've ordered more again. So just having that money that MSC have access to, they're coming out very, very aggressively with ships. Um, they're definitely one to watch, I think, in the future. I think for those people, and again, if we talk about that episode, we're thinking of, of whether you do small ship luxury or whether you do kind of large ship um, suite class. Mm. I think they're a good case to look at as well because I think that's what they're looking yes. at. They're looking to cater to those two markets. So people who want that small ship experience, they've got a product to do it. But also then you could do something like the world class um, or you could do the Merigavilia class as well then where you've got that kind of large ship experience, but you've got Yacht Club within it. Mm. I think that's the market. So they've got a full pipeline of people who are looking for the entry level, three star, right the way up to six star, then all the way through their product offering. I am intrigued. Yeah, and yeah. I, I like the idea. Obviously, we've also got Silver Sea, Silver Ray coming out. Um, I like the idea of squashy sunbeds. <laughs> and get, and no, you I know agree. what? And I suppose I, sh- I should be their customer because you know my feelings about yeah. cruise ship hauls. <laughs> I ain't, I'm not going to have that problem on there, am I? Nope. So maybe nope. I am their future customer because it'd be nice to be able to go around the pool on a ship and I just don't do it because yeah. it's too stressful. 
And the other thing as well, you need to think about it as well. If you're somebody who sails, you know, mainstream leisure, which I think we're comfortably saying we are, there are ports your ships mm. just can't get to at the end of the day. They just don't sail into yeah. small ports. So having an option like Explorer or, you know, Regent or Silver Seas or those small ship premium lines, they're going to go to the ports mm. that you're not going to be able to get to on the mainstream leisure lines that we're used to sailing. But also as well, they're going to have more time in port as well because they don't have to spend, they can be a bit more flexible in their itinerary as well. So I think if you're somebody who's looking for somewhere new to cruise and somewhere new to sail that maybe you can't get on Royal Caribbean, for example, then these smaller ship lines are perfect for that type of itinerary and enrichment. Mm. I, c- I can see the benefit. I can see that I think I'd like that ship and I think it, I'd like that personal touch and yeah. being able to sit around a port on a, uh, on a yeah. squashy sunbed and someone bring me cocktails. I think that's quite appealing. Everyone's raved about the food as well. Like really? I'm sick of hearing people talk about how great the food is while I'm bitterly not on board the ship <laughs> type of thing. But everyone's raved about the food. What's the price point like compared to the other luxury lines? Let's just hypothetically, let's go for peak then. We'll do peak season August, just so we're being fair and we're not kind of favouring off peak. And where do you want to go, Caribbean or the Med? Uh, Med. Um, Med, but not out of Southampton. Let's have a look at Med. Yeah, that's not that bad, actually. So looking at a seven-night sailing starting from Piraeus, um, going around to Venice, basically. So what is an open-jaw trip? Prices are starting from um, 3000 per person. So actually, that's no. not that bad for a small ship. No. Six-star line. Um, now, that is going to be as well in suite, but it's starting in the entry-level suite, which is going to be an ocean suite which is 377 to 420 square foot. So that's a reasonably sized suite. And I think drinks are included, aren't they? Uh, includes all the dining as well as in-suite dining, unlimited beverages, fine wines, premium spirits, specialty coffee, teas and coffee included. Includes the in-suite minibar, access to the thermal suite, uh, unlimited Wi-Fi throughout the ship, in-suite welcome bottle of champagne, shuttle services from the port of the city centre where required, 24-hour concierge service, 24-hour in-suite dining, 24-hour laundry, a charge or there may be a charge sorry it says twice daily housekeeping because we all know most cruise lines and the mainstream category have gone to one a day um turn down services included and shoe sign services included as well so you know that's not bad for a balcony yeah. and to have unlimited wi-fi and limited drinks type of thing six grand um i think that's a great price for a seven night sailing particularly seeing some of the prices that are coming out for 25 as well now now that 25 has gone on sale it's not going to be cheap to go on one of the mainstream cruises either. You're seeing prices of four grand up type of yeah. thing to do a seven-night sailing on one of the mainstream leisure cruises, and that's before yeah. your drinks packages, your Wi-Fi, your gratuities are going on top as well. So, you know, we have said we'll do a fuller deep dive episode into this in the yeah. future, but that line is blurring more and more as time goes on as prices are coming out as well. Well, I think when we we did the article, we priced up. I think we did Silver Sea and Royal Caribbean. Royal Caribbean suite class was more expensive by quite a bit. Um, so... Yeah, it was it was quite interesting actually. That is a, a reason to look into the luxury lines, isn't it? And because if you think on on the Royal Caribbean that we're doing the transatlantic, our, our drinks package would be a thousand pound. Now I know you get some free drinks in the in the sweet bar, but not around the ship. So yep. do you need? I don't know, but but you pay an extra even though you booked a suite, which is going to cost you more than to go on their sister ship anyway. So yeah, so we've we've talked about new ships but what are we excited for what are we doing next year kieran what are we doing next year well at the moment uh we have technically three cruises booked me and phil at the moment all right um so it'll be no surprise to anyone to hear that we're back on virgin voyages again 
So we have two group cruises we're doing. So we're hosting two groups on Virgin Voyages. So they're sailing from the UK for the first time in two years, ultimately. So they're bringing Resilient Lady um, back to Portsmouth, their home port in the UK when they sail. And they're going to be doing short cruises um, over to Amsterdam and Zabruge, basically. So we're doing one overnight in Amsterdam and then the, we're staying on the ship, basically. And we're doing the same itinerary again, but adding on an extra day in Zabruge, yeah. basically. So we've got eight days, I believe it is, in total across the two voyages on board Virgin hosting lovely customers of ours who are coming to join us for a party and a dance on board Virgin Voyages. How many are going? So the first sailing, we've got 11 cabins. So that must be, what, 24 people, roughly 20, 22 people. And then the second sailing isn't full yet. The second one, we've got seven cabins, including us, not including us, sorry. So I think that's around about 14 people at the moment. That'd be really cool. Um, so yeah, my mum's coming on the first one as well. So my mum just comes to the Greek Isles with us this year. She'd been in love with Virgin so much that so she literally, she was like, I want to do it again. I was like, well, come on our group sailing. She's like, okay, cool. Um, so my mum's coming on my mum's best friend as well. So they're coming with us on the first four night sailing. So we're doing Amsterdam overnight, day at sea and then home. Um, so she's doing that for her birthday next year with us as well. That's brilliant. When are you doing that one? August oh, 30th right. is the first one. And then I can't remember the date off the top of my head, but then four days later is the second oh, one, basically. Right. Uh, but it's all on the website. If anyone's interested in joining us, you do have to pay in sterling if any Americans want to join us, uh, just because of the way the group rates work out. But um, it's on the website. So if you go to magical-traveler.com and just click on the group cruises or group at the top, um, you'll see all the details of the group sailings we're doing. But there's two on Virgin next year anyway that we're doing for sure, definitely. Possibly a third one. We've sold enough, but we didn't book a cabin for ourselves stupidly and it sold out. Um, so if more cabins have come available, then we can join in and join that group. But we stupidly sold all the cabins we held and forgot to include a cabin for ourselves. <laughs> uh, so we have a third group technically, but we didn't book a cabin. So oh, right. customers of ours are on the sailing, <laughs> but we didn't book one for us and it sold out before we realized. So um, there could be a third Virgin Voyages cruise as well. That one's across the med. Right. So that's Barcelona to Athens on a nine night sailing. But um, at the moment, we're not on it, but we're sending customers on it. Right. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> And then you've got another one, did you say? Well, that's the one we're oh, on at the moment. Right. That's the one we're booking at the moment together. Obviously, uh, this is no surprise. Me and Phil, we're not sure if we're actually going to be able to join you on in now that we've booked it, but we are currently booked. And I don't know if you want to talk about this one. Uh, yeah, so we've booked a transatlantic out from... And I'm really excited about this, actually, because the transatlantics I've done before have been from Southampton. So we're going from Barcelona, which I just think you're cutting out that Bay of Biscay. Um, and that's going to go across to Fort Lauderdale, is it? Is it Fort Lauderdale? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Miami, I think, isn't it? Oh, is it? Yes, it is Miami. Yes, it is. Florida! <laughs> no, it's not. No, it's not. It's, it's Fort Lauderdale because we're flying from Miami. I'll, but... uh, I'll check. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, it is. It's Fort Lauderdale. Sorry, not Miami. Uh, so. <laughs> what I'm looking forward to about that is um, we're going to have a night in Barcelona before because obviously we always go before just yeah. in case. Uh, but I'm looking... I'm, I'm going to work some of it because it's a 16-nighter or whatever it is. But I'm just looking forward to yeah. just being able to chill on our balcony. We've booked a suite so we can just have sweet days and, and just sit on the balcony and enjoy the sun. And I mean, on the transatlantics we've done before, we've been really lucky with the weather. So but if not, yeah. we're just going to chill because, you know, we've been renovating a house. We'll have been two years in by then and it's exhausting. So we both just agreed we need something. We're going to have white fire so we can both work from the ship if we need to. But we can eat, drink champagne, and just chill out. And I'm really looking forward to that. One thing we haven't done, and I maybe when I'm listening back, I was well, what ship are we doing, Sarah? Oh, we're <laughs> and with who? Royal Caribbean, obviously. 
Really question. I was like, we're so excited on the actual yeah. itinerary. We're like, oh yeah, we haven't mentioned that it's on no. Oasis of the Seas. Yeah. Yet. So- Which is, <laughs> do you know what? I've never been on Oasis class ship. It's really, I've been on a lot of others. No. But I was meant mm. to go on a lure the other year, and oh, and then I, then it was Wonder, and then it ended up say, yeah. just for all different things that went wrong. Um, so I've never actually got onto an Oasis class ship. So I'm actually looking forward to that just to see the different style of ship. See what I've like, used yeah. so many times a royal and I've not done Oasis. I think it's such an incredible ship to do a transatlantic on, to kind of have those that sheer amount of space as well. Yeah. I think it's the perfect size ship. Mm-hmm. Like if you're going to go do a transatlantic and you're going to be on books, I think we've got like 10 days at sea almost, isn't it? One, mm-hmm. two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight days at sea, basically back to back. That's a long time to kind of be at sea type of thing. So to have that space and that, all those extra venues on board type of thing, I think it's a great ship to do a transatlantic sailing on, definitely. But it's been really funny this year because have you followed? Because I joined the this year's transatlantic, and it was hilarious yes. to follow because they were falling out over some beds. Really? <laughs> yeah, some people <laughs> lost it, really lost it. And you think it's obviously not for everybody. And there was no. like there was somebody that kept ranting about what people were wearing in the dining room, but whether it was because there were so many days at sea, some people got a bit stir crazy. It was, you know, when you're watching, you think, oh, my God, oh, my God. Um, but I think the key is drama, drama the high seas, like involved with fellow cruisers too much and just say hi and that's it. Um, no. But, yeah, this this group, there was lots of rantings and arguments over ducks, people leaving ducks and people not finding ducks. It was like, oh, my God, you've all gone mad. Um, but, no, I am really, really looking forward to that. So, um, And that that's our second cruise on Royal because we've got one booked in April and that is on Mariner of the Seas, which I've really wanted to go on for ages because she's been done up. She's yeah. got everything that the newer ships have got, but she's a smaller, more intimate ship. And we're sailing with uh, my goddaughter, who's an adult, but she's autistic. Um, and I just thought it's her first cruise and I didn't want it to be too overwhelming for it. I think the smaller ships are more intimate. And I think that would be better for, for all of us as a family, two families going together. And as I say, it's it's my best friend's first cruise, so it'll be good for them to experience. Yeah, no, it'd be nice. Where are you going on that one? Uh, we're going out of not Fort Lauderdale. What's the other one? I'm so bad with these. Uh, Port Canaveral, I think. Yes, you said, we're going it? out of Port doing... Canaveral, <laughs> and we're going over to Mexico because my friend uh, has two hours and she wants to go to the motherland. So. Oh, <laughs> Look, we'll go, but she won't. There won't be a chihuahua in sight, but she's just got me thinking about going to Mexico. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so that's what we're doing. So we're going to do Disney. Oh, we'll stand at Universal. Really looking forward to that. That's nice because, yeah, is, am I right? Is it like a four or five night sailing? Yeah, isn't it? it's not five a full night, week. Five nights. So I thought for the first yeah. cruise, um, it's not in term time. Hopefully, it won't be too party party because obviously that's that's the risk, isn't it? We're booking a five nighter, but but I think it'll just be a nice bit of sun we're in florida after easter so it should you know that's one of the quieter times isn't it just after disney run so i think a lot of people hopefully will avoid it at that time so we we should be all right we should be quite chilled out which is what we want yeah no it'd be nice and i think it's a nice like you say it's a nice length nice length crew sorry to kind of do a land and sea package as well so kind of having that five days at sea and then to do kind of the, the orlando attractions as well we did a whole podcast episode on that concept so i think it'd be really great to kind of do those two things together as well and i think it's a nice way to kind of get a nice bit of both in it that heavy theme park walking all day attractions quite loud type of thing but then if you want to, you can also then make your cruise as relaxing mm. as you want to as well and just spend it chilling out by the pool, drinking type of thing. I think my only regret is that we, we could have had longer in Disney. 
I think we've, I think we've got seven nights, six nights, and I think actually it's just not not long enough. It's, but then I don't think anything's ever long enough for Disney. I think whatever you do, you want to do more. So we're going to try and do Disney in three days or two days, two days I think. But we've done it before, and I want to spend longer at Universal because we're staying there. So it just makes sense. That's a whole podcast episode as well. We're just looking forward to Universal. I mean, I know we were a cruise podcast, but I don't think you can talk about cruising and not talk about Florida I know. type of thing. There's so much about hand. Florida and cruising hands in hands <laughs> definitely um and i think there's so much to look forward to in 2025 at least anyway yeah for kind of central florida i mean with epic universe i think there's so much yeah. to look forward to definitely definitely so yeah that's oh and then i've got a weekend on msc so it's gonna be my first ever msc cruise um i'm sort of expecting a bit of a booze cruise because it's a weekend going out of southampton yeah. but it's for a really good friend's Absolutely. special birthday and there's a big group of us going so It'll be good. She's chosen the ship. I think, is it Virtuosa? You booked it? I don't know. Virtuosa, yeah. So this is the benefit yeah. of booking for an agent because I don't even know when I'm going and where. <laughs> when I've got a pie, it just tells me. It's <laughs> just getting an email saying, cough up your money yeah. now. It's time to pay. <laughs> and then it's a reminder about a week before. Yeah. Say, don't forget to pack. You're going away soon. Yeah. <laughs> where am I cruising from? Um, but yeah, I, I, I think I'm... I'm seeing it as a strategic trip so that I'm going to get up in the morning, get all the content yeah. I need to get, and then enjoy the time with my friends in the afternoon, just drinking cocktails and celebrating my friend's birthday, which is the whole point we're going and which I'm really looking forward to. Those It's it's a, it's two things, I think, with that one. Of, of Those weekend cruises or those three, four-night sailings type of thing, they're perfect for those getaways with the girls or getaways with the guys or going away with friends type of thing. They're perfect for that because... As you say, you're you're at a floating hotel at the end of the day with a drinks package type of thing. So for you to kind of go and have a bit of a fun and get together with everyone and not have to stress about getting everyone together and all that type of stuff, they're perfect for that type of thing. So I think you'll have a lush time for that purpose alone. And I think for you as well to kind of go on board and experience MSC. And again, MSC from the UK is very different from MSC in the Med or Europe as well anyway type mm. of thing. So obviously uh, Virtuosa has been adapted to cater to the UK market as she's sailing for. So a lot of the food and a lot of the kind of amenities on board are very much adapted Ooh. for sailing from the UK because British guests expect different things than European guests type of thing. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see kind of once you've experienced MSC firsthand, what you think of it afterwards. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious. I think I'll probably come back and think I'll book Explorer mm. Journeys. But, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. It'll be good. Yeah, we had, we had, I had a lovely time on board MSC. The issue that we had, and you may struggle as well, is just the approach when we were on board anyway, and it was in a post COVID world. So things were a bit different then, but we struggled with the gluten free yeah. on board, basically. It was just very limited, particularly when we booked specialty dining, purposely thinking we would have better gluten free options. And it actually turns out the main dining room is where they cater to their dietary and their allergies. Um, so it just was a bit topsy-turvy for what we're used to on other cruise lines where yeah. by speciality is where we go to get good gluten-free options. Um, and main dining room is a bit take it as it is type of thing, whereas it was weirdly the other way around an MSC. Main dining room was, they had loads of options. They had a whole kitchen dedicated to gluten-free and allergies yeah. and speciality. They were like, there is the one option you can have. Enjoy it. So it was just weird from that regards. But the ship and the service and the crew and everything, I can't fault this. And it was just the food was the, the weakest area for us when we went. That's it. We're gonna we're not gonna be doing speciality anyway in, in a couple of nights. I mean to I mean to be fair, Royal, I mean they were amazing with gluten free, just outstanding. But the dining room was better because you got to know you know you we only dined in the dining room a couple of nights because we bought the specialty dining package. Um yeah. but you know, the, the, they were amazing, the guys, that I could book ahead and like, give me two lobsters because he said you can't order extra. Um, and they were they yeah. were brilliant. And in the, in the specialty dining, they were excellent. 
but they had to think about it a lot more. There were less options, definitely. Um, so it took a bit longer to come, but they did what they could and they were brilliant. So, But it is a pain being gluten-free and travelling. I mean, probably the best yeah. best food experience I've had gluten-free travelling would have been on Avalon. Yeah, Phil was really happy Phenomenal. with Avalon. Yeah. yeah, but then Royal Caribbean are amazing. And as I used to go into the buffet restaurant um, at lunchtime, if, if you want a quick snack, and the maitre d' was there saying, right, by the end, he knew my name. And uh, right, come on, really? Miss Sarah, let me, let, let's find you. What, what do you want today? I'll cook you what you want. And I said, just no, what, what is available? Don't do anything special because if it's there, I'll, that's what I'll eat. I'm not, I'm not bothered. Um, and they always had really good options in the buffet on Royal Caribbean. Where I think on PO, even though they were brilliant, the buffet was lacking. And, and it was literally, you cannot have a burger this whole cruise. We can't cater for that on PO, which very much, yeah. I love burgers. <laughs> so yeah. like... We need to get him on, really. And you and Phil can share kind of gluten free cruising. But from chatting to Phil, when obviously I'm married to him, so I get to hear about this endlessly whenever we sail. But for our experience personally, the speciality, his best experience was Cunard. Right. They had so much choice and they were brilliant with it type of thing. So speciality and Cunard were the best. In general, the best cruise line overall for gluten-free is Virgin Voyages without a shadow of a doubt. The amount of choice and range he has, that's why we love sailing with him, is he never has to worry about anything he eats and he gets so much choice. Um, and then um, for best buffet, at least anyway for traditional buffet, Celebrity is his favourite right. and top choice oh, for suppose... um, gluten-free buffet. And that's how I suppose Celebrity and Royal are sisters, aren't they? So yeah, our Royal Buffet was just blooming phenomenal. They had a gluten-free burger spa. <laughs> oh my god this is heaven yeah as you say they 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 made note of him straight away so we got to introduce kind of the head waiter and they were like oh okay yeah mr phil mr phil you're in blah blah and as soon as he was given the guided tour of everything you could yeah. eat type of thing of what was and what wasn't gluten-free you know they knew him well and they knew him and he was excited to go to the buffet every day to the point that he said he felt the buffet was better than the main dining room for his gluten-free allergy type of thing so he was actually a bit disappointed the one night where we had to as a group go to the main dining room where he was like, I think I just prefer to the buffet, which well, is odd. I've never known Phil to say that. So that's how good the buffet was for yeah. free on board celebrity. Which is, I think if you have anyone that travels with someone with an allergy, I mean, one of my adult children is type 1 diabetic and has been since he was 10. And I honestly think cruising has just been the best thing for him because they can't do enough for yeah. him. And, you know, it's, I mean, he deals with it himself now, but when he was younger, asking for portion sizes, and, and I just think cruising, you know what you're going to get, and I think that that's standing yeah. food wise. So again, off topic. <laughs> I was literally going to say like this is our mini episode about gluten free dining. <laughs> <laughs> On the back of. <laughs> I will see though. What is it you're looking forward to most about cruising in 2024? Is eating yeah. on a ship. <laughs> it's definitely yeah. eating. Absolutely. So you know. No matter where and we're going to be going, it. I know I'm going to be eating well. <laughs> yeah. I trust cruising is going to feed me and, and feed me well and exactly. not glutenize me, which, you know, some restaurants on land, they're just not all, but a small percentage don't care and don't get it right or the quality isn't there. Where When you get back on your ship, you know you're going to get a really good meal. Yeah, And I think definitely. that's one of the major benefits of cruising. Definitely. You get to visit wonderful um, destinations and make sure you get good meals for breakfast, dinner, and lunch type of thing. So, you know, food is yeah. a big reason why we choose our cruise line. So, all right, guys. Well, I hope you've enjoyed this episode anyway. We thought we'd just wrap up kind of this year's series of podcasts. Thanking you all for kind of being with us on this journey, and hopefully you've enjoyed these episodes. Moving forward, we are going to be changing our schedule. We are going to be moving to every other week, um, just because things are getting busier with me and Sarah now as well. So we are going to be moving to every other week, but we hope you do still listen in and enjoy the episodes anyway. 
Uh, if you have enjoyed this episode, then definitely please do give us a thumbs up and a like, and that lets the algorithm and the various platforms know that you've enjoyed this episode. If you are ever interested in booking a cruise or coming to join me on Virgin next summer, then definitely you can find me online anywhere under magical-traveler.com or on all social media under magical-trvlr. And then Sarah, equally, if the guys are looking to hunt down any of your port guides, your dining guides, your drinking guides, any of your content, where's the best place the guys can find that? You can find us over at Cruising With Kids and Cruising For All, which is essentially the same website with two names. We just thought we'd have to give it another name when we started talking about cocktails. So <laughs> we're over there, search either of those and you can find us. And we do talk about cocktails quite a lot. So, yeah. Awesome. Other than that, guys, have a fantastic new year and we'll see you in 2024. Take care. Bye. bye.